California and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy White, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, Conjurman Ali of theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California, and this week we'll be joined by a special guest, Ms. Michelle of Voodoo Foundry in Willis, California. To bringing us today's topic of concealed conduct, doing work with discretion. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening. But if you're selected from among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and have called into the show, then you'll receive a free on-air consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first we're going to catch up with our co-hosts, Kat and Conjure Man Ali. How are you guys doing today? Oh, Jeremy. <laughs> Nice to hear that you're still alive out there in the wilds of uh, Washington. Um, Things are rough. I'll tell the truth. Things are rough in the time of coronavirus. But I'm so glad to hear your voice. You sound cheerful, and that's a good thing. And um, I've been spending the day um, shelving books. And um, anybody who knows me knows that I've been complaining about the piles of books in my workroom, which was my daughter's bedroom before she grew up and moved away um and um i basically just started filling her room with books <laughs> and till the point where you couldn't walk across the floor anymore and i now can um report that there is no stack of books anywhere higher than my hips and most of the stacks are below my knees and um we moved in many many new bookcases i have one two three uh new bookcases in this room. We have a fourth bookcase that is not, actually one of them is a double bookcase. I'm going to count it as four. And then mm. we have another room where we have a bookcase. We haven't even yet started to put books in. And Nagashtiva has a new bookcase. So um, the two of us just wander around holding books in our hand going, where does this one go? But I uncovered some <laughs> amazing treasures uh, this morning, I started off the morning a little depressed, you know, another day in quarantine, oh my God, um, you know, what am I going to do? And um, But I, I started shelving books, and I found a Sybil Leake book I hadn't seen in three or four, maybe ten years, I don't know, but it's an old book by Sybil Leake, I really liked it, I began to reread it. Then I found another old book on um, on uh, on uh, magic and rituals um, from... Um, Central Africa from 1904. So that was really cool. And I just, I've been just um, reading. I guess I'm not shelving as much as I'm reading. 
that's the, that's the sad freaking truth. I'm actually reading more books than I'm shelving, but it's a lot of fun. I found a great book on um, spiritualism that I'd completely lost. It had been misfiled under numerology, and I don't know why, because it was, I don't know, just got put in the numerology section, and I was going through the numerology. I'm like, my God, this great book on spiritualism. I was able to walk it across the room, and it rejoined the other books on spiritualism. So that's my time. I am... I am uh, bagging up devil shoestrings um, in preparation for sending them out. If anyone ordered devil shoestrings, it's my fault. Your package is late. Um, I've got 33 orders of devil shoestrings literally waiting for me. And after I get off the show today, that's what I'll be doing is bagging devil shoestrings. And to fill my time because I can't go down to the shop and um, can't really uh, be among people because I'm self-quarantined here, um, the other thing I've been doing is I've been on Hoodoo Psychics a lot, and um, right. for the last uh, yeah for the last couple of weeks I've been doing mm. Hoodoo Psychics every Saturday in the afternoon at uh, starting about one o'clock and going all afternoon, and then on other occasions I've been jumping onto Hoodoo Psychics. So if you want a reading with me, and you can't get one because I'm all booked up, which is true, I'm all booked up. But you want to pay a little bit more to get an instant reading with me, I can um, do a short reading on any question, three cards, and um, you'll get your money's worth. Believe me, I'm a good, fast reader, and I'm here to help. And so that's at um, hoodoopsychics.com. And I know that there are others of us um, who are members of Hoodoo Psychics, and I'm not the only one who are uh, online a little bit more now because we're all shut in. Uh, Lady Muse, uh, Sister Jacqueline, um and there's a few others um, who've been on Hoodoo Psychics when I've been watching. I've been like, oh, I'm one of the group here. So uh, that's a good place to to uh, get a quick instant reading while you're locked up and you can't go down to the psychic shop down the street because they're all closed. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Because I've received news, and, and I know um, you all remember our, our wonderful announcer of many years, Papa Newt. Um, he's a reader and works out of uh, Next Millennium in Omaha, they're shuttered. They're they're closed. So oh, wow. uh, Papa Newt is also doing private readings. Everyone who's a reader um, has you know a little bit of um, a scramble to fill those bookings because many of us read in stores. Um, Elvira is another one. She reads at our store and at Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is closed. We're closed, and Miss Elvira is doing her readings from home. So um, that is one of the few things that can be delivered remotely. All right, enough for the for the uh trying to shout out for our friends the readers. And um <laughs> uh, Dr. Jeremy in the chat says I plan on being uh, more available. And Miss Michael, Miss Michael is also online a lot mm-hmm. and is um capable uh-huh. of being contacted. Um and um you know <laughs> Miss Michael says, lesson to occult shops. Make sure you sell candles, medicinal herbs, and cleansing supplies, cleaning supplies like Chinese wash, because those are essential supplies. Yeah, that's the reason that Lucky Mojo is open to the extent that it is. We still are shipping because we sell pharmacy materials, cleaning supplies, candles, which are considered mm-hmm. a survival thing. And, um, yeah, so um, we are kind of open, but I won't say that we're actually open. No, no walk-in trade at all. But you can't place your orders if you can afford to wait two to three weeks for us to ship because we also have problems with incoming. Um, some of the things that we use all the time 
in making products have been hard to get because they've been subverted and sent to other places for other uses, either as food material or as medicinal material. So occult shops are kind of low on the list of places that get these um, essential goods. Um, right. And that, this is why we've been promoting Grocery Store Conjure. And that brings me to the other thing, the coronavirus outreach spell. And I hope that um, we'll put oh, yeah. the URL in here. So um, uh, Lara Rivera um, and Mama Lara, she's sometimes called, and uh, Dr. Jeremy Weiss and I worked on a coronavirus outreach spell. And it is all um, made with things that you can find in a grocery store or already have in your kitchen. It uses three little candles and um a, a bunch of um, salt and garlic and onion for healing. It uses a bunch of, um, well, you could use accent if you know what that is. It's a, a kitchen flavoring. You can use bell seasoning or um, any kind of homemade, um, you know, herbal mix that has rosemary and, and um, th- you know, sage and things for peaceful home. And then the other group of spices is pumpkin pie spices, clove, cinnamon, whatever. You can make your own or use commercial pumpkin pie spice, and that is for money. And um, when you go to that, which is at readersandrootworkers.org slash wiki slash coronavirus underscore outreach underscore spell, but you can find it um, – a little bit easier from some other ways. Just go to Google and just type in coronavirus outreach spell, readers and root workers. It'll take you right to it. Um, that spell is something that anyone can do. We've got pictures of it being done. Um, uh, Jeremy did a live stream, which is available as a video, of him performing the spell, and I took um, uh, photos of Shiva and I doing it together. We're not in the pictures, just the spell is but it shows how it's laid out. Most interesting thing about that spell is that um, Jeremy came up with, um, we wanted, like, let's put a seal into it. You know, let's put a seal, like a seal of Solomon. Mm. And Jeremy came up with a seal that he had uh, kept in his electronic pile, and it is the Radlet amulet, it's what it's called. And this is a most amazing um, amulet uh, uh, in Hebrew against plague. And we have a whole explanation of what it is, if you go to that um, page. And it's really amazing. And I would recommend everybody check it out. You can find it at the Readers and Root Workers um, website. You can find it at Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers Facebook page. There'll be links to it if you scroll down. Just look for this triangular design of the spell. We'd like everyone to do it. It's a spell against the plague. And or any plague, any kind of epidemic or pandemic, and send photos, post photos to the Facebook page when you do the spell. We'd love to see other people's photos of this spell, and we will be doing it on a regular basis. And um, you know, just you can relight your candles and do it over and over again. So that's our news um, from Air. And Air really, um, we put a lot of effort into into promoting it and we've put a lot of effort into doing it and you can help you can join just set up your own little three candles your own little three spices you need a bay leaf a coin and a clove of garlic and everything else is printable from readers and root workers it's a printable pdf okay so um it's a it's a fantastic um thing you can do all right um now let me see what's going on 
um, with my co-host, Conjuring Ali. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. I'm just going through this spell, and it's so fantastic. I love it. Um, I'm quite fond of, of seals uh, and, and sigils and talismans of this sort. Uh, they have such a wonderful old history that, that I enjoy immensely. So I'm looking at this, and this is just absolutely uh, gorgeous. Um, I'm I'm doing well. Been you know adjusting to this new reality that we are all living in. Uh, for you know people who are going to be listening in, into the archives hundreds of years from now, if we're still around, um, and finding out what do they mean by adjusting? We're living through the coronavirus pandemic, which is why we you know we're talking about it. Why they spell about it? Why we're talking about life adjustment? And at the same time, there's almost almost a a shutdown of, of society. Not a full shutdown, but, but definitely one that, that's been going on. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's interesting times we're living in. There's a very ancient uh, sort of curse, if you will, that's both attributed to the Greeks and to the Chinese at the same time. And it is, may you live in interesting times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that's certainly, and that's certainly reflective of what we're going on. But I also wanted to kind of, to some extent, you know, share congratulations to Northern California, which has received a couple good news recently. One, they're flattening the curve when it comes to the coronavirus. They're taking it more seriously than the rest of Southern California, um, who are not as serious. Unfortunately, Southern California was still packed. The beaches were still packed. Um, but also... For anyone who's listened to the previous shows, especially last year, PG&E, the company that uh, was really at the heart of the massive fires in, in Northern California, and we've talked about it, Kat's talked about it, had a deep impact in Northern California the past few years, especially regularly with fires, but the campfire uh, or the Paradise Fire in particular, which ended up causing a, a massive amount of damage, lots of loss of life, PG&E was considered to be culpable because of the, the shit that they had pulled, the corporate malfeasance. They pled guilty finally just ah. a week or so ago to 84 counts of involuntary manslaughter. Now, there's a corporation, yeah. so they'll find some wiggle room around it, but that's a, that's, a, that's a good victory for the people of Northern California whose lives are really upturned. And anyone who's been following the show knows that we talked about this few years ago about, yep. uh, or, or a, couple, a little while ago about how horrible this company was and things that they did. So a little bit of like a update, if you will, so who, people who are listening into the archive can see that movement of what, what happened uh, from then to now. So congratulations to all of you in North Cal uh, for, for this uh, victory. Ah, Thanks. well, you know, that's true. We've been talking about PG&E for a while, and it's, um, that is a, a nice thing to hear. I mean, horrible as it is, but they yeah. did finally get, um, you know, a call to account. And so, yeah. Well, um, in in um, addition to all of the current events, we also have a scheduled program. So I'm going to bring in Miss Michael. And Miss Michael is going to come to us with the topic of concealed conjure and um doing work with discretion. But first we're going to say hi to Miss Michael. And uh, Miss Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh as you know, I live a quiet life and I actually spend most of my days at home anyway. So uh shelter in place isn't much of a change for me. But I have to be a little bit uh 
forgiving with my shopping list. Uh, my groceries now are either curbside pickup or delivered, depending on what store. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I wanted to make a nice tangerine salad, but no tangerines available. Oh, well. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, oh, I'm okay at improvising dinners if I have to. That's been the biggest change for me. Um, and uh, I've, I've been getting a lot of sleep, actually because I've had a lot of medical adventures the past couple of years and everything's going fine. By the way, everybody, if you uh, know about my eye surgery, I can read 10 point type again. So I can read uh-huh. uh, the wonderful lucky mojo library of occult classics off the page <laughs> instead of photographing them. So I can zoom them. Ah, uh, good. 10 point type. Yeah. My favorite. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think, I've been criticized for using 10-point type, but I'm one of these uh, um, elderly ladies who remembers when most occult books were in 8-point type and uh, mm. not, and 9-point type. Oh, yeah, I have some books from the 1890s. When you want to do a book and you want to sell it for a cheap price, they can do it in 6-point type. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I figure 10-point type to me is average. 11-point type is a waste of space, in my opinion. <laughs> But good for you for being able to to read that. Um, It's wonderful news. Yeah. Um, Tony I said something in the chat log, and I want to just mention it so that Nagashiva can see that. It says here, speaking of concealed conjure, this is a concealed broadcast. The link on Miss Kat's page goes to last week's show. Better fix that. Thank you, Tony I, the man with the the, uh, greatest insight and eyesight in America. That may be that may be explaining why we have very few people in chat because they clicked on it and they got to the wrong show. But we do have a lot of people in chat. Uh, we have Anna Gabriella, we have Angela L, we have Anita Perez, we have Dr. Sweet, Miss Athena, and of course the inimitable Tony I. In addition to the people who are on the show. So, um, all right. Miss Michael, let's talk about concealed yeah. conjure. So one of the things I've always called this is sneaky tricks, just a word that somebody mm-hmm. used when I was a kid and it stuck with me. What we're talking about when we talk about this is doing magic, usually contact magic, to affect somebody without them knowing. Now, you could say candle magic is concealed or or uh, hidden in some way because people don't see the candles mm. burning. But we're talking about old school, old style, old time root work in which contact magic was the primary form of um, getting your point across to the other person, touching them yeah. with it, having them walk over it, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Any kind of buried spell, any buried spell like under their threshold or under their porch or in, under their uh, path is in a sense concealed conjure. But what we're talking about here is something that's more intimate. It's when you are in the household um, with somebody and you want to do some work on them, but you don't want them to know you're working on them. So under this, um, one of my favorite ways, and I'm going to start this off and I'm going to turn it over to you. One of my favorite ways of doing concealed conjure work is to put um, objects... um, representative of a person, in other words, their personal concerns, in a mojo bag and hiding it between um, 
the box spring and the mattress. They never know it, but they're mm-hmm. sleeping on a mojo with their personal concerns, maybe your personal concerns together, maybe some love herbs and so forth. It's hidden, but it's hidden in such a way that they are in contact by sleeping on it. So mm-hmm. that is a form of contact magic. It's one of my very favorite ways to work. But now I'm going to turn it over to you, and I want you to talk about concealed conjure. Yeah. Now, speaking of mojo bag, the mojo bag is supposed to be discreet by by its nature. Nobody is supposed to see it. And mm-hmm. I tell clients it's even better if nobody even knows you have it. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much the height of discretion as far as I'm concerned. Concealed mm-hmm. conjure is very old. Um, a lot of things that, that look like ordinary household acts are ha- can have a magical element and for people of certain background backgrounds usually do sprinkling herbs on the floor and sweeping up that's a way to get rid of nasty messes mm-hmm. in your house washing the floors with your bath water so anyone who comes in is stepping in your intention that's very old um mm-hmm. all kinds of foot track magic is just as long as you're not seen picking up the prints or sprinkling the powder and we routinely tell people to mix any powders with dirt from the area, mm-hmm. so that it doesn't so that it doesn't look like anything in particular. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Can I can I throw in something here too? Mixing yeah, sachet yeah. powders with local dirt, and then also another thing that I use outdoors. Some people like to use sachet powders uh, with dirt, but I find that in some circumstances incense powders look uh-huh. more like what you're doing not if they're blue obviously blue incense powders yeah. will stand out like a sore thumb you can't mix them down the way you could sachet but if you had an incense powder that you were using that had an orange brown yellowish reddish or greenish cast mm-hmm. they go pretty well with mulch just saying you know mm-hmm. yeah mm. well uh if you had to use a bath, uh, bath crystal that uh, uh a formula that was colored blue. Um, you could uh, use bath crystals, and you don't mm-hmm. need much either. Another mm-hmm. thing that makes uh, concealed conjure successful is homeopathic quantities of mm-hmm. the spiritual supplies. You really mm-hmm. do not need much. And, I like uh, that homeopathic quantities. Mm-hmm. People need to know where homeopathy. We we just have to stop here because I know there's going to be a yes. lot of young people listening to this. Homeopathy is a form of medicine in which minute quantities of herbal extracts are given, really minute quantities. I'm not yeah. going to say it's a good form of medicine or a bad form of medicine, but the term homeopathic quantities is, just refers to that form of of medical treatment, and it means rather than um, you know slathering on. Um, oils onto a, a doorknob, you would take a couple of, um, a drop of the oil and maybe put it into some cleaner and then washing the doorknob. It's just a way to communicate a homeopathic quantity. Um, dressing documents with others, use just a tiny quantity. I tell people, you know, as, as you have told people, uh, sprinkle it on your paper like glitter on a Christmas card because you're going to shake it right off. Mm-hmm, like you shake mm-hmm. off the excess glitter. Um, mm-hmm. And so that can be quite discreet. I remember back during the anthrax scare, when mm-hmm. mail was being opened and inspected by the bag full and people kept finding powders 
in letters that weren't <laughs> anthrax spores, and nobody could understand it. But um, you can use a small enough quantity that uh, nobody will notice it, even if they're looking for it, and still be effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm going to yard- say something about this, too, about small quantities, because people go, well, if you can use such small quantities, why do people use large quantities? Well, I always go back to that uh, that little phrase about if you have the faith the size of a grain of mustard, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's from Scripture. So a, a very small quantity accompanied by faith will work. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, you want to pray over it. You know, may this. You know, if you put in a pinch of a sachet powder into some local dirt, um, you can say, uh, "Will you know? Let this let this empower the dirt." It's sometimes um, people will use this when making holy water. They'll get some holy water from a church, and then they'll pour that holy water into mm-hmm. a quart of tap water, and they go, "Now everything's holy mm-hmm. water." It's called mm-hmm. a communication of the essence. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you can even do candle work discreetly. I do it uh, as long-distance magic because, you know, it's, it's, I can't get to the client's house if they're in Georgia and I'm in California. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So contact magic, I, I instruct the client in. And the candle magic, they can do some, but I also do some. But if you need to do uh, candle magic and your landlady or doesn't want any open flames in your room or your mama doesn't want any of that heathen witchcraft in the house, you can burn your candle in sections, put it, snuff it out at the end of the session, mm-hmm. let the wick cool down, put it in a paper bag or a box and hide that. Mm-hmm. And then you can bring mm-hmm. it out every night. Um, one easy way to apply oil is to just put it on your, the outside of your shoe soles and track it through the room. I tell people to track uh, King Solomon Wisdom into their lawyer's office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, uh, so that's that's a good one. Powdering the powdering your shoe, and then walking it in. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I'm going to add to that one: powdering around people's tires with with yeah. powder mixed with dirt, so that it's you can't contact them to have them walk over it, but their car will drive over it. Mm-hmm. And then they step out of the car over the tire track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, um, some people like to put a little oil on their pets where they know their target will pet the dog or the cat. It, again, mm-hmm. a very small quantity. Cats are sensitive to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, that water would be even better because it's further diluted, but it's got your essence in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You can also dress a bathroom mirror with your mm-hmm. bath water or with crystals. Uh, for instance, I uh, replied to a lady on the Lucky Mojo forum. Who's, uh, she was the nanny, and, her, and the kids were not doing well, and the parents were oblivious. So I said, uh, put some King Solomon Wisdom bath crystals. Just wipe down the bathroom mirror with them while you hmm. pray for the children. That's really um, good. And for... For rambunctious children, you can put a little bit of Peaceful Home on their bath crayons, because everybody loves bath toys. And mm-hmm. um, once you dose them, you hand them over and you say, now, baby, draw Mama a heart. Can you write, I love Mommy? And there you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a, when it comes to concealing work, I'm a big fan, particularly if people have to do candle work, key lights. 
Um, I think mm-hmm. we're, yeah. we're a lot of, you know, freestanding candles, but we love them and they look great and they're beautiful, nice, long, you know, pillar candles. Uh, but if you can't light those and you can't have those type of candles around your house or people find that suspicious, you can use tea lights. Tea lights are great. Mm-hmm. They're, they're mm-hmm. easily, no one, no one suspects tea lights of uh, having any magical connotations, uh, unlike other types of candles. Uh, and so you can mm-hmm. light them, and they're very easy to oil. Uh, most tea lights, you can actually pull the whole candle out of the, its little container and oil it all the way around. You can even inscribe it and then place it back into its container so no one can see it. Um, it works really well in that way. Uh, if you have freestanding candles, if you're looking at, at the, uh, any of that type, then the best way to work is through the candlestick itself using the felt underneath, opening that up and fixing that, putting your prayers in there, your name paper, any herbs, etc., and closing it back up uh, and using that way to conceal your magic. I'm also very fond of spray bottles. If there's, if you need to fix a room or you need to, to kind of quickly, uh, you know, deploy some type of, of oil, you can place oils, a couple of drops, into uh, spray bottles, or you can dissolve teas, uh, bath crystals, or brew herbal teas, uh, place them into a spray bottle, and spray them around the house very quickly. Let's say you're, you're unable to do a full-on floor wash, you're unable to do uh, some type of larger room work, you can easily use a spray bottle for this. Quickly go to the corners uh, and right into the center, spritz around, uh, and it's a way of kind of concealing your work without people really knowing what you're doing. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of um, forms of dilution, um, you know, diluting in perfume, diluting in mm-hmm. commercial products. Um, one of the things that I like a lot is diluting um, the magically active formula in a bottle or box that contains a commercial product. Um, uh, one of the earliest ones I learned about this, people powder their feet with Dr. Scholl's foot powder, and you just put mm-hmm. some stay-at-home powder in with the Dr. Scholl's foot powder, right? Mm. And you have to be able to take it apart and do that. And, but the person then doses themselves. They have no idea that you you don't have to even do it. They're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that. Yeah. And there's, a, there's other ones, you know, um, uh, putting in, um, again, stay at home is a good one, or um, love me, or fire of love, in their shampoo. Uh, have learned mm-hmm. from experience that the shampoo bottle, if it's plastic, um, has to not be clear. They'll see it if it's not. So you just buy a yeah. brand that has an opaque or semi-translucent uh, um, plastic container, and you can um, put a few drops in, and then I just use a chopstick to go up and down, up and down, like I was mm-hmm. just sort of using it as a plunger, and that'll sort of distribute it. Because when it comes out of that little squeezy part at the tip, either it's a tip or it'll be one of those little flat mm-hmm. things that comes out like a ribbon, it, it, you, they won't see it. They won't notice that, that there's an oil mixed into it. Mm-hmm. If you if you have carpets and it's very important to know which type of carpets or rugs you're working with before you fling about sachet powder. This goes back to the mm-hmm. quantity question or quantity comment about homeopathic levels, which I really like that comment. Um, yeah. you don't if you're sprinkling powders, please don't dump a whole bag of powders onto the carpet. That's really hard to rub in. You're just making your job harder. Just takes a spring a, a pinch sprinkling that around, and then rub that into the carpet. And it's very hard to see. It generally will kind of get absorbed really quickly, especially if you're using a small quantity, and you've fixed it. 
Don't do that on a rug, though. Like, let's say you have a Persian rug. I remember I had a client who was like, my husband thinks I ruined his grandmother's rug. I'm like, what did you do? And she poured the sachet powders onto a Persian rug. And I'm like, well, you know, mm-hmm. the Persian rug. And like, you're not going to be able to rub it into that. Uh, it's going to stand out. White pink. It looks like a big white pink stain on there. So be mindful mm-hmm. of, of what you do. And so I'm a big advocate of blowing powders in those situations. If you can't sprinkle the powders on the ground, place them on your hands and blow them to the four corners of a room. That's also a way of affixing a place using powders. Or burn incense. Incense is fantastic. And most people are very comfortable with incense nowadays. You can say that it's just, oh, doesn't it smell good? It's a scent thing. Um, And people are very allergic to scents or they're very suspicious about incense. Maybe you come from a Mm -hmm. deeply religious family that assumes all incense is evil. Um, You can uh, burn oils in or heat up oils in diffusers. That will also work uh, to kind of replace it. So you can still use the same kind of method without you know, drawing attention to yourself. Um, Another thing about um, incense that I find um, works fairly well, because incense, you know, if if a family doesn't use incense, all of a sudden someone will smell smoke and go, what's that? Um, But a a good way to use incense is outdoors around the house. And um, Mm -hmm. when no one's home, you just simply walk around the house and sense the entire house. The scent will... um, you know, diffuse by the time they get home, but you've mm-hmm. actually smoked the house. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. Good. Another thing you can do when you can't light a candle, uh, years and years ago, decades ago, somebody came up with the idea of uh, tracing a sign, a sign or sigil on a light bulb with a conditioner oil. And then when mm-hmm. the light was turned on, the, the oil was diffused. Well, uh, and if you see Chinese good luck and prosperity altars in Chinese restaurants, you will notice uh, electric candles on the altar. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. perfectly happy with that kind of light. You could oil those two. If you uh, have good reason to be paranoid and have to build an altar in a rented storage unit, as some have done, you can work mm-hmm. with battery-operated tea lights or battery-operated candles in there. You can oil those bulbs. Mm-hmm. You know what you mentioned here about the um, putting the oil on the light bulb? Um, yeah. That has been used in hoodoo at least since the late 1920s. There was a mm-hmm. brand, and Charles Dawson, who did all of the artwork for Morton Newman's uh, King Novelty Company, he did the artwork for it. It was called Vapor Incense, and mm. that was followed that was followed very, and it was very complicated. You got this box with a little eyedropper, and you got the little tiny dram vial of the vapor incense, and all these instruction sheets. And it was like something so new, it all had to be explained. And it was super art deco and black and silver box, like a little jewelry box. Mm. It was incredible. Well, that was very quickly replaced after everybody knew how to do it. It was replaced with Cleo May oil. And Cleo May was the first of these um, uh, liquid incenses that was used as a concentrate and um, it was sold in a little bottle by Valmore with a little dropper tiny little squeeze dropper like a, like a little miniature dropper and um, so Cleo May was the very first one that really got popular vapor incense was made first but Cleo May was the second one and in those days they didn't call it diffuser they didn't order they just figured enough people by that time had light bulbs that they could put it on a light bulb and that's how Cleo May got that reputation for being good for prostitutes 
because mm. it was to perfume to perfume a room in a hotel, which all hotels by that point ah. had electric light bulbs, okay. but not every home had light bulbs. But you could perfume your room uh, between clients coming into your rented um, little bedroom there. And uh, so it was was a favorite with whores, um, and it from there got its reputation for being good with getting tips from men. Oh, that's fascinating. I always knew Cleo May was a scent. I didn't know uh, the connection with light bulbs. That really is so cool and fascinating. And it also goes to show mm-hmm. you just how for how long people have been adapting methods, right? This is not just, oh, 21st century people, you know, you guys are light bulbs. What are you talking about? That's not real hoodoo. In real hoodoo, we use candles. But this goes all the way back to 1920s and 30s. That's, I love that. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that really does speak to the fact that we, we really get fixed, I think, sometimes on the idea that you've got to build an altar. You've got to build yeah. this fancy yeah. space and altar with statues and this and whatnot. But the reality is that hoodoo is very adaptable. So if you're in a situation where you have to conceal your work or if you're living through the, the coronavirus pandemic and you, people are now, you know, all packed in an apartment or in a house and you can't really do the work, remember that, that hoodoo has a variety of different methods. Cooking. You can still do powerful magic if you just adjust how you're cooking with the things that go into food, the prayers that you make. All of these are ways that you can still do the work even if you can't set up a big altar. So always think about that, that you can do things mm-hmm. differently. If, you're, if you want to do a bottle spell, you can do a bottle spell. It doesn't have to be in a giant mason jar. People do it in small medicine bottles. That's something that you can easily conceal, uh, put away in a cabinet somewhere or a cupboard that they can't find. So you can adjust and shift according to scale. You can adjust and shift according to method. Yeah. I want to put a little extra thing on Go ahead. Voodoo has always used new technology in the old-fashioned way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to make a shout-out to the book Hoodoo Food, and I hope mm. someone posts the URL for that. Uh, Hoodoo Food is a book that we put out a number of years ago as a result of the uh, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church um, at the Hoodoo Heritage Festivals holding cook-offs that Sister Robin uh, organized. We did them for a number of years, and then we assembled everything together in one paperback book called Hoodoo Food. And this mm-hmm. is a lot of recipes for foods that have different purposes, for luck, for money, for faithfulness, to get rid of enemies, um, for harmony in the office, for harmony in the home. And they're all sorted into chapters by what kind of spells are being performed. And then all of the foods, every part of it is listed with what magical quality it has. It's a mm. it's an education in grocery store magic, really. And speaking of grocery store magic, there are also a couple of um, good articles on grocery store magic that are not in the book Hoodoo Food that are extra, and they are in the black folder. And again, these came out of um, workshops that Sister Robin and that I taught on using materials from the grocery store at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. So the black folder will have the uh, grocery store magic material. And also I think there's in the black folder some um, bread recipes and, and um that are from Johannes Gardbach from Trolldom. And so there's there's probably enough almost if we wanted to make a hoodoo food volume too, there's enough mm. extra things in that in the black folder 
uh, that you also should have that if cooking with magical ingredients is of interest to you. Another book that would be of help to you if you are interested in cooking with magical herbs, there's a book I wrote called Hoodoo Urban Root Magic, but it doesn't explain which herbs necessarily are edible or taste good. There's a second book I edited and co-wrote with the original author who was long gone. And that book is called This Amazing Book, Hoodoo Urban Root Medicine. And that book has a cross-index to Hoodoo Urban Root Magic. So if you get Hoodoo Urban Root Medicine or This Amazing Book, it will tell you all of the herbs in there are edible because these are for making teas and and things that you're going to ingest. And so any of those, you can then cross-index them back to Hoodoo Urban Root Magic and find out what their magical uses are. So with those three books, um, Hoodoo Food, this amazing book, which is on Hoodoo Urban Root Medicine, and Hoodoo Urban Root Magic, with those three books, you have a complete education in using herbs in cookery in a safe way for magical purposes. Okay, just trying to, and all of them have green covers. Just remember, green they have to do with herbs. <laughs> That's fantastic. If you need if you need to create a or have the need for a mobile altar, uh, one thing that was done in Virginian culture, in particular, people remember, uh, who didn't always have the space to set up altar spaces, big tables. Mm-hmm. The Bible is often considered to be a mobile altar. So one way that people did work mm-hmm. was that they would open up to the appropriate Bible page. It could be a psalm. It could be a particular verse. They would write their name papers out on top of that, so they'd have whatever name paper, whatever petition, usually it was a letter to God, um, uh, but you can also do a variety of different things with papers. Sigils can be written out on them. You can make it into a name paper. You could do a variety of different magical works with paper and pen. They would then dust that uh, paper with the right sachet pa- uh, paper, with the right sachet powder, fold it up, and then place it into the Bible and carry that Bible with them. It's a way of also concealing it because it, you would close the Bible up and no one would know that you've actually put a paper talisman inside of there to affect something. So, for example, let's say you need uh, some type of money working and you don't really have the space in order to set up a money altar. You can write out a petition for money, dust it with money drawing powders, maybe a pinch of magnetic sand, fold that up and place it uh, um, in the in between Psalm 23. Uh, and that's a way of creating a sort of small mobile altar that you can work with. Yes. And I have so, to say that other books are used that way too. In my yeah. collections of antique books on um, magic, I have bought multiple copies of some of these old hoodoo pamphlets that were sold in bookstores and candle shops, herb shops, and incense shops from the 19-teens onward. And these are common books that everyone in my era knew what they were, but I would buy them to get different variant covers, to see different variant publishers, to see, you know, because I'm in the business of restoring them and reprinting them. And in so many of these books, there would be 
little fragments of writing. It either might be a person's name, it might be a spell, it might be a piece of the Bible, and they often were cut as if they were bookmarks. And and so I think, oh, they're using this as a bookmark, but they're not. They're actually, when you look at what page in the book, what spells are mentioned, you can see that what they wrote is appropriate to the page. And so they were using not only the Bible, but they were using books of magic spells as places where they put their petition in so that the petition is in contact with the spell that's printed on the page, if you see what I'm saying. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was common enough that I found these books from, I mean, you know, I buy these books on on eBay. I buy them in bookstores. I've, you know, I've been buying them for years. It's just, you, it's often enough done, and you can obviously tell it's different people's handwriting, but this was a common practice at one time. Write your petition or prayer that goes with that spell and put it in that spell book where that spell is. Mm-hmm. 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 Mobile altars. They work mm-hmm. and they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've got a whole library over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let me talk about, we have we mentioned laundry yet? Um, oh, no. we have not. Go not ahead either. with the laundry, Miss Michael. <laughs> okay, well. Um, if you're still using powder detergent, get yourself some bath crystals and put mm-hmm. a little bit in uh, the box of detergent. Um, and don't put the whole packet of crystals in because you want to make that last for many, many boxes. Okay? And uh, you just wash your clothes in the normal way. Better yet, if your target insists on doing his own laundry, well, you just hand him the detergent and say, have at it, baby. And because it's, it's, I just love it when you set it up so that the target can fix himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, a lot of people, nowadays a lot of people use uh, liquid detergents, which are water-based, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they like to. Some people like to put oils in them, but that'll make them cl- the detergent cloudy. Mm-hmm. So you might want to take a bath in the appropriate crystals, and put a couple tablespoons of your bath water in the bottle. It'll work mm-hmm. the same way. And it'll mm-hmm. put you on top of the situation because you are in their clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, a good one, too. To dissolve to dissolve the bath crystals in water in a bath and then pray and in that bath and take that bath water or a cup or more of it and put it into the laundry water. And um, that carries the work on, for instance, Let's say you want courage. So you take a bath in some crucible of courage bath crystals, and then you put that Mm -hmm. water that you bathed in into the laundry of the clothes you're going to wear on the job where you need courage. It's it's, it's Mm -hmm. a self-spell. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, fixing yourself. That's Mm -hmm. that's legit. Mm -hmm. Fixing yourself Mm -hmm. is perfectly Mm -hmm. legit. You fix yourself for prosperity. Why not for courage Mm -hmm. or for kindness? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, go ahead. I was going to say that you can also fix rooms, uh, something that people don't often think about, but rooms themselves can be fixed. So uh, bedrooms, if you need to do some type of working, for example, for love, and you can't, you don't have the space to set up a honey jar or, or an altar of some sort to be lighting candles, then the bedroom itself can be worked. You can uh, put sachet powders into the carpets. You can oil the four corners of the bed. 
you can place things as we started off this show with between the box spring and the mattress. These are ways of kind of fixing the room, of actually thinking in terms of actual sort of the geography or layout of the house and going, okay, what is it that I need to impact? All right, I need a peaceful home. All right, then that what I should do is fix the living room and the kitchen because that sets the mm-hmm. kitchen in particular will set mm-hmm. the entire tone for the house. So I'm going to work with, uh, you know, cinnamon or basil in, in the kitchen or whatnot. I need to fix my marital problems. So I'll fix the bedroom, right? Or oh my, the kids are acting up, so I'll fix the, be- the actual room of the children. So you can work on actual spaces themselves. And this is a way of kind of doing concealed work. No one knows what you're doing, it looks like. You know, the, it's just an empty room, but they don't know that you rubbed powders into the corner, you sprayed it down with, with uh, teas, or you've oiled the bed. Very powerful way of influencing someone or working on someone uh, and, and doing it in a concealed manner. Uh, that, that brings us to something. If we ever um, get to the point where we are going to have open businesses again, fixing a business... <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, fixing a business is um, a good idea, and I'm going to give you a couple of ideas. Um, if you have surveillance cameras in your business or outside of it, Clarity Oil, to, you know, just a little drop on the surveillance cameras is good. It helps them see more sharply. Okay? And if you want to fix a business for money, you can um, put incense in it when no one's there and go through the corners. You can also put little um, packets under um, display cases where no one will reach or find them uh, for prosperities. One of the things that I like to use in a business is look me over for the product, Mm -hmm. money drawing for the money. And uh, that combination of look me over and money drawing or look me over and any kind of um, prosperity or money house blessing, those are all good for any kind of business, even a home business. Just pick the money one that's appropriate to your situation. But look me over is real important for trying to attract attention. Another one is attraction, to attract people into a business. And you can Mm. um, draw X's on the floor with the oil in your fingers. Usually the corners of a store are not usually accessible to walking traffic. So, you you know, there'll be shelves in front of them or something like that. So you can put an X on the floor um, drawn in oil, okay? This is a really good way of working with uh, uh, shoes in particular uh, in order to uh, influence someone. Remember that everything in, in hoodoo can be worked, fixed with some level of intentionality. And shoes are one example of it. An old timey uh, spell involving keeping someone uh, close to you or keeping someone home or st- a sort of stay with me work or getting them to return is to turn their shoes so that they're always facing inward. So people, uh, very common practice, particularly in African-American families, uh, not so much in the rest of America, but it's starting to pick up, is to take your shoes off when you come in. Right? We don't walk around with shoes in our, in our house. And people generally do it by the door, either there's a little place for it, or they place it, the way they place the shoe is kind of sideways against the wall. Well, the trick is to turn it inward so that the shoe is always facing the house. Well, you can take that a step further, and you can powder or oil those particular shoes. And one way that I do is actually combine multiple methods. 
you can use name papers. If you have to conceal any type of name paper or any type of petition, one fantastic way of doing it is by burning it. This is a very old practice. It actually probably has its roots in Jewish magic and Mediterranean magic in particular, in which prayers are offered up as a literal offering. They're, they're not, uh, it's not just about you know, invocation, but given as an actual sacrifice. And so papers can be burned. Uh, you can take the paper... Write it out, for example, write, your na- write their name three times, turn clockwise, write your name three times over it, uh, burn this to ash with some stay with me incense, burn it all together so that you have a little bit of ash there, and then you take that ash and you just kind of on the out inside of the shoe, just a little pinch of it, you're going to put it in there, then turn the shoe inwards. This way that they're always coming back home, every time they put their foot into that shoe, they're being worked on directly. You've combined name paper, incense, uh, old shoe magic all together in a way that is concealed so that people don't know what you're actually doing. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's really good. Um, but putting a little bit of the ash, I I put it in the toe of the shoe where they can't see it mm-hmm. or feel it. Exactly. And um, you you want to you want to uh, then turn the shoe inward if you want them to stay. Of course, if you want them to go, <laughs> you would do a different kind of thing. You would write up a curse paper and um, burn it to ash and put it in their shoes and turn their shoes outward. Mm-hmm. So that's another way to do it. Oh, I love it, yeah. And, and these are one of, the, one of the kind of fantastic things about hoodoo is that, you know, when people think spell, they think, oh, we've got to draw this circle and I've got to call the watchtower and whatnot. It's like, and and, and, uh-uh. and practical conjurers like, all right, turn their shoe facing outward. Uh-huh. But there's intentionality and prayer to that, and it's very powerful, practical work. Because, again, sometimes you don't have the space, the time, or whatnot in order to build an altar, but you can still work magic. You just have to start to think about magic in the ordinary. And that's something that's, that's uh-huh. a part of who It's how cooking becomes magical. It's how cleaning and washing become magical of how food uh, or clothes or shoes become magical. So it's a little bit of reorienting your thinking from the kind of Hollywood version of, of, of magic to magic in the ordinary, uh, which brings us to sewing magic, right? Mm, Powerful okay. ways of working. You can use, you know, you can literally fixing clothes, great well, like old-timey spell that's been mentioned on this show and has been written down multiple times, uh, taking hair and sewing it into the brim of a hat or into the pants so that they keep you, uh, you know, keep you on their thoughts or keep them hot for you. Yeah, I've used the hair, you thread the hair on a needle and you run it down in the fly of a man's pants and you say, "No, mm-hmm. nobody but me gets in these pants, you know. They'll never notice it. Another one that um, I like a lot is to um, uh, sew uh, protection into the shoulders of children's clothing a little guardian angel. And you can do this with a thread. Um, You can dip the thread in the oil and just run it in, or you can take um, the thread and uh, soak it in bath crystals um, in water. And then, like I say, use guardian angel as an example. Then you just run the thread. If you do your own sewing, you can actually, of course, um, make this as you go along. But if you make French seams, you can put things in the seam Mm -hmm. that are powerful, like your own hair, 
in the French seam of the shoulders of the child's clothing so that um, they don't know, but your hair is in there in such a way that it's it's protective. You're protecting them at all times. And another way to um, work with clothing is if you give someone a jacket, you can pick the uh, stitching out of the jacket pocket, put a little protection packet in, very small, um, mm-hmm. even something that is um, written on cloth. And um, you can use a Sharpie marker right on cloth. Put it in, uh, sew it in, and then repair the stitching that you cut out. Um, and uh, they'll never see it. It'll be in the lining. They'll never see it. Mm, that's so good. So, if you yeah. you can use this type of work for protection work, you can do it for love work. You can also use it for for money work. Uh, one way of of a, uh, a very old old money spell it involves mending socks. So I'm, I'm not sure many people do anymore. But let me tell you, nothing gets worn out quickly than socks. So let's say you have a partner that that you want to help them with their job. Maybe they're they're, they're a salesperson. You mend their socks. You take whatever damaged sock there is or whatever sock there is, or maybe it's not even damaged, and you do the same thing. You sew in a thread in there, but you would dip it with, say, uh, money drawing or crown of success or something along those lines so that every time they wear those socks, and you can do it to multiple socks, every time they wear those socks, they go out and they're successful in the world. So this can be protective. It can be love working to keep someone, you know, hot for you, but you can also help them out. You know, you want them to be successful in business. You want them to bring home the bacon. You want them to, you know, bring home money. You can do it by fixing their socks, putting in a thread that you've dipped in with a little bit of oil into that sock. You sew it right in with prayers so that every time they put their sock on, they go out there with the right intention and spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good one as well. And socks are so important. They have a closed end, the toe end, and they have an open end. And one of the most important things that I was taught about using socks for magic is just like shoes, that if you want the person to um, stay with you, you fold it, so you fold the Mm -hmm. socks or wrap them in such a way that the toe end is pointing toward the bed, the open end away. If you want to um, have somebody leave, you put their socks so that the open end is away. Same kind of way that you work a shoe, but you put them in their drawer that way, if you're filing their stuff in their drawer. Mm. Now, Um, another one is, another one is underwear generally. And, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, again, I have to say one way to work concealed magic for sexuality, and I've mentioned it before, is to um, pin or sew Uh, personal concerns of somebody into the crotch of your underwear and wear it in contact with your genitals. They will not notice that unless they're going through your underwear drawer. So one way to conceal it, of course, is to pick apart the double um, cloth in the crotch and put it inside and then stitch it back up again as if you'd repaired your underwear. But you can also, if you're not living with somebody, you can be um, doing this stuff all the time and they'd never know because it's just in your underwear. And Mm -hmm. um, you are... um, having their face or whatever it is inside your crotch. Okay? Ooh, that's really All right. I, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I hear that the bumper music is on, but I'm not hearing it. There it is. There it is. Better late than never. <laughs> <laughs> the lucky mojo. Okay. Who do <laughs> 
the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man Ali. And this week's special guest, Miss Michael, will be right back. And in a moment, we'll be taking calls from a listener, answering his question through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com and also by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk with our first client. Our first client is Cowboy, calling from the 614 area code. Cowboy is a longtime listener. Are you there, Cowboy? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Fabulous. Well, Cowboy says that he has had a reading about this situation in January and does have a reading scheduled with Miss Cat coming up next week. Cowboy tells us that um, he's a transgender gentleman, and he has a little bit of uh, difficulty in an area of reconciliation. The plot, he writes, the plot twist here was that I was emotionally abusive partner. I got off my steroids, which was exacerbating the problem. I got into a spiritual 12-step program. And I'm doing everything I can to be a better person. I've turned a corner now and live in the same city as my ex. We used to be long distance. And while I think I know we are going to reconcile, I'm wondering when or what this blockage I feel is or what I can do to help the situation. Okay. Well, we're going to... um, do this one here. I'm going to um, ask a couple of questions. First reading will be by Ali. Second reading will be by Miss Michael, and then I will give the root work advice. Okay. Hi. So, um, so uh, tell me, cowboy, what is your sign of the zodiac? Uh, I'm a Cancer. Cancer. All right. Mm. And and uh, what is your ex's sign? Uh, Capricorn. Okay. I do remember. I'm beginning to remember this, too. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to turn this over to Conjurement Ali for a reading. And, of course, we have to also hold and understand that we're having a very difficult time with personal contact at this time. Mm-hmm. You understand that because of the coronavirus. And so um, that may be part of the blockage. It's not only blocking people physically, but it's also blocking people emotionally right now. This is a mm-hmm. terrible time for love. So, but I'm going to turn this over yeah. to Ollie, and we can get the reading. Love in the time of coronavirus is going to be a whole yeah. genre all its own. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> right there. Um, do you want, mm-hmm. do, would you prefer if I call you Billy or Cowboy? Which would you prefer? Uh, you can just call me Billy. Billy. All right, Billy. So I've pulled three cards here, and I'm going to speak to them. Uh, first, the, the overall news here is a positive one, that there is hope, there is chance here. But it doesn't necessarily indicate that, okay, you're going to jump right back into love any day now. 
First, we have the King of Cups, and the King of Cups speaks to the situation in which you were. Um, you are a Cancer, and, and the King of Cups is very clearly linked to that um, watery energy. Uh, and the King of Cups shows us an individual who, while a good person, a strong person, a kind person, and a wise person, is not in the best of emotional circumstances. This is a person who is sitting on the waters, and the waters are rocky and murky. Uh, their throne is right there. There's no solid ground in sight around them. They're right dab stab in the middle of the water. We see it with the fish jumping out of the sea and a boat in the distance. So they're not even close to the shoreline. They are right in the middle. And that's where you were. There is a great deal of emotional turmoil that still needs to be fixed. Um, Capricorns are notoriously stubborn. Notoriously stubborn. Probably more so than Tauruses. I know Tauruses get the reputation of being stubborn, but let me tell you about Capricorns. Yeah. (laughs) They really are stubborn. And in particular, there's a sort of practical uh, stubbornness to them. They're they're a Saturn sign. They're very Saturnian. Once they move on, they tend to move on in a very kind of hard way. And so it's very hard to get them to go, okay, let's think back to that past. Let's go back to something that existed in the past. For them, there is a kind of a moving on uh, component that's, that's very strong. In many ways, almost the opposite of the other stubborn sign, which is uh, Taurus. Tauruses get stuck stubbornly. They refuse to let go. So there is, there is a stubbornness here with Capricorn, and it's going to require a bit of work. There is a lot there still that needs to be worked through. You acknowledge the kind of faults and and things that you've done here and the hurt that you've caused here. And so part of this process is fundamentally more about just healing than it is getting this person back. The healing is going to need to come first. Now, coming with that may be a chance for you to, to rekindle something. But you have to orient the entire thing around the healing around the emotional restoration, the healing. We should be good with one another more than anything else. That's what's really important here. And we're, it's confirmed by the next card, which is the Page of Wands. The Page of Wands is a person who has improved themselves, who are working on improvement. Uh, and it is a person who is doing the work. This is a sometimes referred to as the geometer who is out in the desert, a young page with a staff in their hands, and they look like they're taking measurements with that staff. You need to do the internal work that's needed, the self-directed work that's needed here in order to deal with all the murkiness and instability and rocky waters of the king of cups. And then you need to do work that is going to be fundamentally long distance. Uh, and that's, that's the reality here, that even though you've moved back into the city, much of this is going to be dealing with long-distance work. Candle work in particular is going to be big here. And the key is going to be that your main focus, your main orientation will be about improvement. You should not be doing a lot of heavy love work here and not a lot of heavy, like, coercive love work in particular. You need to come back. We need to be together. That should not be the goal. The goal should be let's fix and heal and both move on to become better. This is also a kind of a subtle way of influencing Capricorn because if you tell a Capricorn, hey, let's get back together, you're like, yeah, fuck no. But if you tell a Capricorn, (laughs) hey, let's fix things. Let's repair this so that we can all become better. Capricorn, I'll think about that, Right. So this is about orienting your way towards understand, towards what this person, 
uh, is going to be more receptive to. So the Page of Wands is a much more kind of hands-off, subtle approach to love magic than it is more direct. So you're still going to be doing reconciliation work, but you should be emphasizing healing. Bombs of Gilead in particular are going to be very, very important for the type of work that you're doing. And then finally, the final card that we get here is the Eight of Wands. There will be rapid change, but it will probably happen some months away. So this is not anytime soon. Summer is the impression that I get probably about May, June, or July. Now it's a bit of a big window, but that's what I see is actually summer is where suddenly something will click and you'll have a much more clear contact. Now, this doesn't indicate that you two are going to right away pick it back up and you're going to be in a romantic relationship, but it does indicate that communication will be restored in a healthy manner in which you guys will uh, be in a better place talking. It may still be a little bit long distance at first. There may still be some space that could just be the, the situation that exists in, in the world right now. Uh, but that there will be a restoration of something there. There will be a much clearer connection there. And once you have that clear connection, once the healing has happened and you're now in a healthy place, the communication and bond between you is a healthy bond, that's when you can start to go, all right, now we're going to do love work. So this is going to be a little bit of a process. You start first with doing more healing work than you are doing love work and then going to love work which is not always the case with reconciliation. Usually we want to combine the two. But here we're told, hey, take it a little bit easy in your approach. Start first with healing the self, healing the two of you together, viewing this as, hey, let's improve, let's, go to, let's be in a better place together. And then from there, you will have a chance to perhaps build some type of romance. I'm going to turn this over to Miss Michael, who's going to do your next reading, and then Miss Kat is going to give you some group work advice. Great. Thanks. Yeah, that sounds right on also with kind of what okay. the situation I had. Mm. Okay, Billy. Um, I'm going to uh, shuffle. I've already shuffled the cards. And I'm going to lay them out. But first, I want to tell you that I've already looked at my amethyst crystal ball. And what I saw was pretty scary. A teeny tiny human figure with her back turned and behind her, the gigantic skull of a Tyrannosaurus Rex with its jaws open, all the scary teeth. So I just, uh, it sounds like she hasn't or he the the abusive treatment of the past. That can take years to get over um, the first card I lay down is the Knight of Swords, who is unprepared for battle. He's enthusiastic in the version of the, de- the tarot that I have, the Golden Tarot. He's on horseback. He's got a sword out. He's flailing away at a dragon that is crouched on the ground, perfectly poised to rip the guts out of that horse. Okay? So, mm-hmm. if you just start with heavy-duty love magic, she could rip your guts out in self-defense, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. And because she feels menaced still. The next card is strength. She, you know, because she, she needs strength. You actually want to build that up, okay? Because your, any future love work you do, she needs to feel safe. That's part mm-hmm. of the healing. The next card is the Six of Wands, the Triumphal Parade. Um which is a great card for this kind of work. Oh, my goodness. And then the Four of Wands, which is you know, celebration, 
Some people say this is a wedding card, preparations for a wedding. Um, I'm very, very uh, cautious about optimism in cases like this where there's been abuse that led to a breakup. Um, But these cards are saying, no, 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 this is going to be great eventually. Now, I had reason to read the big book years ago since you mentioned the 12-step program. Mm -hmm. And about halfway through it, I can't remember exactly where it says, at some point you must make amends to the people you have hurt unless approaching to apologize would make it worse. So be alert to that possibility. Yeah. Uh, Be prepared to step back at any time. Yeah. Uh, But if you pay enough attention to healing work and do it right, you can eventually get to what I call the six of cups state. Uh, That card shows two little children playing with flowers in a garden. Uh, And the the, uh, flowers are jasmine flowers, which are used in psychic work. So you've got to understand each other down to the core. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, down below the subconscious where magic happens. Okay. And um, you've got to understand each other that far down. And the garden is walled. So security. Keep that uppermost in mind. I like to use it for candle labels sometimes. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what I got. Thank you. Okay, and that last card, Miss Michael, you had. What was the card? Uh, the Four of Wands. The Four of Wands. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right. Um, that's a nice card. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to go on with some ideas for some magical work and some prayers you can do. There is something here about making amends. And um, I was very uh, struck by a couple of the cards that came out, but in particular, Miss Michael's reading in the Amethyst Crystal Ball of the the tiny figure that was over which loomed a Tyrannosaurus Rex. This is the past. Um, the damage was done was pretty severe, and that person is still in a state of fear or shock. And so I would not assume that you can immediately um, do better. But making amends would, of course, be helpful. And I know if you're working on a spiritual 12-step program, you'll understand that. So I'm going to talk about some magic that you can do in a spiritual way for that. Number one, there's an herb called hyssop. And hyssop is used to bathe and to drink, and it's used for um, removing one's sin or error that one has committed. And there's a psalm in the Bible, Psalms 51, in which if you have done wrong, you um, are instructed to drink a little bit of hyssop and bathe with it. And in the Bible, depending on which translation you have, it'll say, purge me with hyssop or cleanse me with hyssop. And it says, though my sins be scarlet, they shall be whiter than snow. So I would like you to undertake some work with this herb and get to know the herb. It's a very innocuous herb medically. It's it's uh, in the mint family. It will not harm you. And it is used in many ways for um, removing damage that you have caused. Um, I'd like you to bathe with it. I'd like you to drink it. And I'd like you to recite Psalms 51. I want you to do that at least three times. But I also want you to think about um, 
you can add other herbs, although it's sufficient unto itself. Um, but other herbs that are used um, to take off bad things, the things that have happened that are unpleasant, are agrimony, mint, and rue. And you can also use sumac berries if you've been guilty of doing something. So now you have five herbs that you can put together. And I want you to make a little, um, I guess you could call it a little um, packet of of confession, you know, what what you have done, what you would like to have absolved. Write it on a piece of paper and um, put that in, fold those herbs up with it and put that in a little bag. You don't have to carry it with you all the time. We're not asking you to flog yourself or say, oh, gee, I'm so bad. But I want you to do something with that. If you want to, send it in a way that the person will have access to it without actually having to touch it. You can do what's called mailing a letter in the air. And you wrap this up and you can either burn it to ash and scatter the ash into the air and let the ash be carried to where that person is. Or some people will mail such a little packet or mail such a letter in a hollow tree with the idea that the person will pass by or the leaves of the tree will take it up and rustle it through the air. But mailing a letter in the air is um, meaning to communicate with someone psychically or transcendently um, in such a way that it will touch them. I would not at this point approach the person physically because if there was damage done because you were abusive um, and um, even if it's only emotionally abusive, I would um, work on this a little bit more subtly. The card that Ollie got that said that things would be better in late summer or fall sounds hopeful and promising. If it is to be that no matter if you make amends and no matter if you pray for absolution and this does not come to pass, um, be aware sometimes um, a person will not change. And Capricorns are very hard-headed and and one might even say hard-hearted being ruled by Saturn. And so they aren't the easiest people to move. And Cancerians, such as yourself, ruled by the moon are so much more gentle and and they are um you know they really will forgive a, a situation and because you're a forgiving person you might think that um this other person will forgive like you have forgiven yourself and you've forgiven them for any part they had in this breakdown of the relationship but um although cancers forgive uh, Capricorns don't forgive as well. And so I would say uh, forgiving yourself is important. And um, then um, if it is not to be, um, just chalk it up to experience. It's hard for a Cancer to do that because Cancers are so kindly. I don't know that um, the cards I got did, uh, that I saw read, I mean the cards I heard being read, did not say this is going to be soon. And so take your time and um, and, and be gentle. Be gentle with this uh, Capricorn. It may not come to pass, but if it does, it will be in time to come. If you want to do some prayer for reconciliation, some of the prayers that are, are good for reconciliation is Psalms number 45. And Psalms 45 is a prayer for sexual contact but it's also a prayer for reconciliation, and so is Psalms 46. And um, and remember that your greatest virtue is kindliness. 
and um, this other person, you know, may not forget the insult. <laughs> but good luck to you. Okay. Okay. We're going to have our fabulous network announcement. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment um, with Miss Michael of Hoodoo Foundry in Willits, California. Take it away, Miss Michael. Thank you, Jeremy. Okay, um, this comes, I didn't invent this. This comes from the wonderful book, Freshly Revised by Miss Cat, uh, The Black and White Magic of Marie Laveau. It's a great book. Everybody should have a copy. And I'm going to start by listing the ingredients mentioned in this spell. You need a box of good quality sweets, fancy chocolates or some such thing, a dozen pink damask roses, Special oil number 20, oil of attraction, attraction powder, return to me powder, nine pink candles, not the glass ones, freestanding candles, our lady of the sacred heart, you want a color picture of her, look me over, sachet powder. And I'm going to read it just as it's written in the book because the language is so beautiful. And here's the man coming to the the root worker. Oh, dear mother, you see your son before you with tears in his eyes and a downcast look in his face, for I have lost my beautiful sweetheart, whom I have loved for many a day and whom I cannot forget. She is always in my mind, and I cannot sleep for the thoughts of her. Her beautiful face is always before me in my waking hours and in my hours of labor. I would gladly give half my life for another moment of happiness with her. Oh, mother, hear my prayer and help me. And root workers need to remember this is what's in the client's mind and not blow them off, even if they are trying to get with Mr. Ron. But here is what, here is what the mother root worker advises. My poor son, I hearken to your words of sorrow and gladly extend my help that you may smile again and that you will be again you will again be glad to see the streak of daylight break the skies, that your tears will stop their flow, and you will be yourself again with your sweetheart at your side. Lo, you will send to your sweetheart a box of sweets, and with it one dozen blooms of the pink rose of Damascus. In your bathwater, you will pour ten drops of special oil number 20. Then you will call upon her at her place of abode, so that you may speak sweet words to her. And you will have upon your raiment, on your clothes, the oil of attraction. And in your shoes, you will put the powder of attraction so that she will be willing to speak to you and hearken to your words of gentle passion. 
and let it come to pass that you shall put some of the oil of attraction upon her. And to accomplish this, you must use your wits and your persuasion. Easiest way to do this is dress her hands. Dress your hands and hand over the box of candy. This will make her think of you while you are gone from her presence. But if she will not see you, then you will write her a letter of sweet words with promises of better times. And in this letter, you will sprinkle the powder of return to me so that she will agree to see you again. And if she still does not return, you will make a novena of pink candles, one each for nine days. And under each candle, you will put her name so that the wax will flow upon it and cover it. And behind the candle, hang a picture of Our Lady of the Sacred Heart, and she will help you in your sorrow. And after you get your sweetheart to come to you, you will take the love powder and put it in her shoe or on her powder puff in a way that she will not see or notice it. This you will do to increase her love for you and that her mind will not change and that she will remain with you to her last day. And be sure when you get her back that you treat her with kindness and be true to her so that her love for you shall grow stronger and she shall have thoughts of no one else but you. So be it. Ah, and this is I another thing it. I always this is another thing I always tell my clients. You do the magic at your altar, but you gotta you gotta support it with your behavior in the in everyday life. That is so true. And I'm going to say uh, something here also about the box of sweets. This is something that's very traditional, you know, to to put um, sweets, uh, sweets for my sweet, sugar for my honey, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But you you can, and uh, some people do, when you buy a box of sweets, if it's not completely sealed, and some of them are not, they might have a ribbon, and you can slide the ribbon aside. And some of them have a little encasement in which each sweet is, And then Mm -hmm. under that, if you pull that little plastic or cardboard bit out, under that there's another space, right? And you can very lightly uh, just put a tiny dusting of love powder under there, but so, so little, and shake it out, put the plastic back, put the sweets back, and put the box back together, and put the ribbon around it again. And and that is another way to dress a box of sweets without touching the actual candies or cookies or whatever you're going to do. If the person likes you enough, to see you in person, and if you can actually bring handmade cookies, go back to the book Hoodoo Food and make those cookies mm-hmm. or make those truffles and um, yourself. Now, if you've had a fight, they might not take that. But, you know, if they if you think you can, um, it would be uh, possible to do that kind of work as well. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about these damask roses? Why that particular breed? Ah, Yes, Rosa damascena used to be considered a species. It's really a subspecies of of roses. Rosa damascena is um, the rose of Damascus. It was a particularly fragrant variety of rose. It's been known since ancient classical times. And Rosa damascena is the rose that's used to make um, rose otto or attar of roses. And so all of the... um, Damask roses, when you buy rose attar, it's always made with that particular rose. Not every rose has the same scent. There is no single scent of roses. There's tea rose, there's musk rose. There's so many different types. But rosa damascena is the one that's usually used to make true rose otto. And so it's a very valuable 
rose, and it's um, the classical rose. Now, I don't think in the, today's modern time you could get 12 pink damask roses to, as cut florist roses. So just you can take um, regular pink florist roses, and some people will um, kind of increase their scent by taking a little bit of rose otto and putting it on the rose on the rose stems, they will smell more around the base of the rose um, flower. Many modern florist roses don't have a lot of scent, so you can up the gain on that scent a tiny bit if you want to. Mm-hmm. Some florists will Great. do that, by the way, and not tell you they're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, if you Just can, so if you can smell those roses and they're wonderfully fragrant, you don't really even have to ask why. No, <laughs> but I but I have been known, and many occult shop um, owners, when you're drying rose petals, they have a lovely scent. But sometimes then you toss them lightly in your hands with rose essence. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, and Papa G said I have rose auto wax. How about rubbing that onto the candles? Boy, yes, that's a great yeah. thing to do is to dress those candles with rose scent. Um, fabulous. All right. Well, let's uh, let um, uh, Jeremy take this away with our outros, and we will come back with a few little announcements and say goodbye. Well, thank you, Miss Cat and Conjureman Ali, and thank you, Miss Michael of HoodooFoundry.com in Willett, California. Kept wanting to say Willitis because I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Miss um, Athena of GothamConjure.com, bringing us the topic of Mediterranean folk magic, part two. And once again, we come to another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curious Puro Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman Ali at theconjureman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, and the shows are available in the archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us, from all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strain of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, Thank you, Dr. Jeremy. You did it. You did it in good time. <laughs> All right. I love well, your style. The, o- <laughs> the only other news we have here, I want to just reiterate, our shop is open for mail order. If you have mail order, please send it to us. All right. Good night. <laughs> good night, all. Good night. Bye-bye.